Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want you to see something here. Revelation chapter 18, look at verse 1 again. We see that same word, the same Greek word, metatauta. After these things, and now you must answer, after what? You always have to answer that question. After what? After the series of sevens. Now you know if you've been with us, seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven judgments, we come to a time when God is not only judging the world, but specifically, he is judging a false religious system and a false economic system. Now, after the religious system is judged, devoured, and destroyed, in chapter 17, John sees another angel coming down from heaven. Did you see that in verse 1? And this angel is described as having great authority, and he is so bright. This angel is so bright that he illuminates the entire earth. Did you see that in verse 1? The earth was illuminated with his glory. This guy's wattage is like, whoa, what's up with that? I mean, he illuminates the entire earth. Now, I can't explain that, and neither can you, but I guess I would just have to say, why is this angel so bright? Well, I think it's because, I guess I could safely speculate, that it's because he's been spending time in the presence of God. Oh, Rodney, come on, man. Get out of here. Well, yeah, I think so. You remember Moses? When he was up on Mount Sinai. Oh, Charlton Heston, you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) And he was up on Mount Sinai, Moses, not Charlton. Moses. And and, and what happened? He came down because he had spent so much time in the presence of the Lord. When he came down, people had to wear glasses. That, I guess that gives new meaning to your future so bright, you got to wear shades. <laughs> and, and, and he had to wear glasses and the people couldn't look upon him. He had to cover his face. And why was he shining? Because he was in the presence of God. And the Bible says the same is true for you and same is true for me. When, when we spend time in God's presence, we shine also. I mean, I, I, I can tell. I know people. I can tell when you've been spending time in the presence of God. I can see it in your face. How many times have we looked at people and said, man, they've got the joy of the Lord on their face? How many times? Or, wow, they they just shine for Jesus. How many times? A lot. 
I can tell when someone's been in the presence of God because when you are in the presence of God, you shine. Whether it be in devotion, in church, in worship, in fellowship with other people, you shine when you're in the presence of the Lord and spend time with the Lord. Conversely, I can tell people who haven't been spending time with the Lord because they don't shine. They look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Too true. So this angel, he is so bright, he illuminates the entire earth. And notice he cries with a mighty loud voice, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Now notice is fallen is repeated twice. It is possible that the angel repeats is fallen, is fallen because of the dual judgment against Babylon. Religious and commercial Babylon is judged. And notice he says in your text, Babylon has become a dwelling place for demons, a prison for foul spirits, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Now, listen, when you see birds in the Bible, birds always speak of Satan, the devil. Expository consistency is what they call it, or expositional consistency. Meaning, when you see some symbol in the Bible, you can track it throughout the whole Bible in order to get its interpretation or what it means. Like people say, oh, well, you, you can't tell what the Bible means anyway. I mean, who can tell? Well, yeah, we can. As you track through the Bible, you can see that birds represent that which is evil, Satan, demons. How do you know that? Matthew chapter 13, if you're taking notes, go read the story in your own time. It is Jesus who told the parable of the seed and the sower. And you remember and it was Jesus who talked about the word of God being snatched away from the hearts of people. Their hard hearts wouldn't let the word of God sink in. And so the word was snatched away from people by birds. So, consistently throughout the scriptures, birds represent Satan. The angel declares Babylon is fallen and is a place where demons, a place where unclean and hated birds dwell. And false doctrine in this false system, commercial system, false doctrine grows like weeds watered with miracle grow. Watch and see. Notice in verse 3. All the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Notice that. Now listen, this is commercial, and I'm not trying to be graphic, I'm not trying to be crude, I'm trying to give you the sense and, and, and what it means. This commercial, there's a commercial intercourse taking place here that notice involves all the nations, for all nations have drunk of the wine of her wrath, of her fornication. Notice the whole world has a relationship with this commercial system. Every nation has interaction with Babylon and is affected by and dependent on Babylon. The whole world has left the worship of the true God and has gone after 
the heresies of Babylon. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, there is a debate among scholars. Give me your attention. Stay with me. Track with me here. There's a debate among scholars as to whether this Babylon talked about here in chapter 18 is a literal city, like a location geographically, a literal city, or is it a spiritual city? So scholars sit around the table, I guess, over lunch and go on and on and on and on about whether it's a literal city, a geographical location, or is it just spiritual and symbolic? Listen, I believe that this Babylon spoken of here in Revelation chapter 18 is a literal city that will be rebuilt. It's a rebuilt Babylon that is located on the banks of the Euphrates River near the city of Al-Hilal in Iraq. Now, what do you say? Why do you say that, Rodney? Well, listen, let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 10 You know, if you were here last week, we looked at Genesis chapter 10. It tells us that Babylon is in the land of Shinar. It is in the land of Shinar. And since that time, Babylon had grown to be a place of great wealth and beauty, a city of great architectural glory and sophistication. It was the happening spot of the ancient world. And it is also known as the seat of Satan, where Satan dwelt. Now, it was in 539 B.C., you know, the Medes and the Persians, they came in and they wiped Babylon out. And at that time, we talked about this last week, at that time, Babylon moved to Pergamum. We know from Revelation chapter 2 that Pergamum is the seat of Satan. So Babylon moved to Pergamum, and then they moved yet again to the city of Rome, where she is located today. It's in Rome where she will continue to be during the tribulation, and then the final relocation will be back to the literal city of Babylon where she began. Now, there are some very interesting scripture verses that give us some insight and teaching regarding the city of Babylon that has not yet been fulfilled. Very important. If you're taking notes, write this down. I'll give you three verses. Write Zechariah chapter 5, verse 5 through 11. Look that up in your own time. We don't have time to look at it this morning. But Zechariah chapter 5, verse 5 through 11. And then... We have Isaiah, chapter 13, verse 19 through 22. Notice, and Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Very important. It will never be inhabited, nor will it be settled from generation to generation, nor will the Arabian pitch tents there, nor will the shepherds make their sheepfolds there, but wild beasts of the desert will lie there, and in their houses will be full of owls, ostriches will dwell there, wild goats will caper there, the hyenas will howl in their citadels, and jackals in their pleasant places or palaces.' 
Her time is near to come, and her days will not be prolonged. Again, Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 24 through 25. And I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea for all the evil they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain who destroys all the earth, says the Lord. And I will stretch out my hand against you, roll you down from the rocks and make you a burnt mountain. They shall not take from you a stone for a corner, nor a stone for a foundation, but you shall be desolate for how long? Forever, says the Lord. Now, we know Babylon, historically, we know that Babylon has never been destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, people are living there today. Interesting. Now, stay with me. Inspired by the fact that Babylon was known for its seven wonders, or the, or the, or the, or the area of Babylon was at one time the home of one of the seven wonders of the world. That one was the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. If you trek these things, you know this. Now, Saddam Insane. Amen. That guy's a nut. 1978. He had gone on record to say that he was going to be the next Nebuchadnezzar. And he sought to rebuild and restore Babylon's main palace, the temple, the processional street, and the theaters, and the ziggurats, which are the pyramids. We talked about it last week, the astrological observatories. He sought to rebuild them. He wanted to rebuild Babel and make it a center for all the Arab world. The building project began in 1978. And up until 1990, we know that in Babylon, there are more than over 60 million bricks that have been laid in Babylon. It has never been destroyed. So, let's wrap it up. Isaiah, Jeremiah, both inspired by the Spirit to say that Babylon is going down and will disappear off the map and be desolate in the future. And not even shepherds and flocks will hang out there. It will be a place of weird birds and wild animals. God is going to judge this commercial system. Now, yesterday... Saturday, I'm at home in my lazy boy recliner. Just thought y'all might want to know that. And I was thinking to myself, now, God, why are you so angry with a commercial system? I mean, a religious system, I can understand. I mean, because thou shalt have no other gods before me. The Bible's very clear. A religious system? Yeah, I can understand that. But why, God, why are you so angry? Why are you so upset? Why are you so serious about a commercial Babylon? Well, because think about it like this. Commercialism is idolatry. <laughs> what do you mean, Rodney? Well, look, we think of idolatry 
as, you know, little statues that we carve out of stone or, you know, wood or whatever it might be. And we, we, you know, put the little statues. This is the way we think of idolatry. Little statues, candles, black robes, pentagram in the room. And, you know, we walk up to, this is what we think is idolatry. And you, you go to these idols and you present them fruit. And you, well, we worship you idols. We praise you idols. We honor you idols. Give us stuff idols. And, and this is what we think of idolatry. But listen, that's not necessarily idolatry to be included, yes. But listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. Idolatry is simply this. Whatever you make your master passion in life, that is idolatry. Well, now that opens up a whole new understanding of what idolatry really is. Whatever you make your master passion in life, whether it be your wife or your children or, or your home, the acquiring of things and materialism, whether it be education can be idolatry, sex, drugs, rock and roll, Elvis, all of these things can be idolatry. Anything can be an idol, anything that you put before God. Now, God is angry with this commercial system. Why? Because the commercial system is idolatrous. It's the love of pleasure and possessions. And it is as insidious and an insidious form of idolatry. And it's demonic in its origin and destructive in its outcome. Commercialism plays on the thirst and the desires of men, which will never satisfy the things of this world can never satisfy you. And God knows that. Things don't satisfy. You always want more. You never have enough. You got a nice house? You want a nicer house. You got a big house? You want a bigger house. You already have 59,000 square feet. But you want 60. Your house is so big, you got people living in it, you don't even know them. They live on the other wing. But you want more. You got a nice car? You want a nicer car. Things don't satisfy you guys. The world cannot satisfy you. Commercialism cannot satisfy you. Commercialism is like mind control. Commercialism makes you think, I need fill in the blank. Whatever it might be. Makes me think of some years ago, you know, every kid had to have a Cabbage Patch doll. You remember those bald head, ugly little dolls? <laughs> put some hair, put an afro on that doll or something. That doll a weave or something. I mean, <laughs> it, and every oh, mommy, I'm never gonna be the same if I don't get a Cabbage Patch doll. You will wound me for life. You know, get me a Cabbage Patch doll. And so everybody had to have a Cabbage Patch doll. And then we heard about it in the news and in the newspaper. People were fighting and beating each other up to get a Cabbage Patch doll. We read it in the newspaper. Lady knocks other lady out for a Cabbage Patch doll. You gotta have one. Well, that doesn't satisfy. So then comes Tickle Me Elmo. Who comes up with these names? Tickle me Elmo. Well, you've tickled Elmo enough. 
That doesn't satisfy. And what happens now? We get Pokemon. And people are, I mean, literally, it's hysteria. People getting the Pokemon cards and trading for the Pokemon cards. And, you know, people are trading stocks and bonds for the Pokemon cards. And it's crazy. And it's commercialism. And these things will fade away. And Jesus knows that. The things of the world can't satisfy. And that's why I'm convinced when Jesus was standing at the well with the woman, I'm convinced that Jesus was pointing to the water in the well. And he was saying, if you drink of this water, he says, you will thirst again. He says, but the water that I give you, if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. What was he talking about? Jesus wasn't talking about the physical water. He was talking about the world system and commercialism and the things of this world. If you drink of the things of this world, lady, you'll thirst again. He says, but if you take, Jesus is the only one that can satisfy, amen? Amen. He's the only one that can satisfy you. That's why people get hooked on drugs, because they keep putting more and more and more and more, and they don't fill you. That's why people seek other relationships. They seek a better job, and they seek a better house, because the wells of the world cannot satisfy the thirst from the Spirit. Not possible. And Jesus knew that. And that's why he told that woman, what you drink of me, material possessions can't satisfy. The reality is only Jesus can. Well, then notice in verse four. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Underline that, would you? Come out of her, my people. Very interesting. Lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven. You see, God says enough is enough. I've had it up to here. What is here? Here is heaven. God says, I've had it up to here. I've had it. Your sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities rendered to her in verse six, just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, or in the King James, deliciously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen. Notice this pride and this arrogance. It stinks to heaven. She says in her heart, I sit as a queen. And I am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Now stop right there. Notice John says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Throughout the Bible, the people of God have been called to come out of the world system. In context, the Babylonian system. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 20, if you're taking notes, look it up in your own time. Isaiah 48, 20, go forth from Babylon and flee from the Chaldeans. Isaiah 52, verse 11, depart, depart, and go out from there and touch no unclean thing. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 8 through 9, move from the midst of Babylon and go out. 
because I will cause an assembly of great nations from the north country, and she shall be captured. And here God says, if my people take part in her sins, they will take part in her plagues. Now, in context, we know that this is being spoken to Christians, as I said, during the tribulation. Listen, God is so merciful and God is so gracious and loving and long-suffering that even during the tribulation, people can get saved. There'll be people who get saved during the tribulation, period. And so, yes, we know in context that this is talking to tribulation saints, yet I do believe that the principle still applies to us today. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.